Welcome to the Cinema Draft Podcast, presented by DraftStream, a discussion show about movies, gaming, and the unexpected cultural detours that color our life. Please enjoy your stay and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Cinema Draft Podcast, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the great Cinema Draft and DraftStream Games. Welcoming back our OG Cinema Draft player and enthusiast. It's the one and only, it's Henry G. Roan Jr. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Welcome back, Henry G. What's going on with you, man? You know, just uh, living this quarantine life out in Virginia. You All know, right. get, trying to get back on track. RVA, huh? Richmond, Virginia. Welcome back. In the house, our Andy Cohen-inspired Watch What Happens Live-style drinking game tonight shall be the word time. Because time is going to be of the essence tonight. And I want you to take a sip of what you're sipping every time you hear this word. Because tonight's pod will end up covering... Movies that take place one day in where, I, I just said it, time is of the essence. There we go. So, I'm desperate. The global coronavirus pandemic is going on. You see me tweet about it, ranting every day, off my rocker with this stuff. Uh, you know, it's forcing us into all these uncomfortable situations, positions, social contracts on fire. I just want to hear something good, damn it. Tell me something good, Henry G. Uh, something good. Uh, me and my son started watching a new show. Well, it's not a new show, but we started watching The Flash, the CW property. Oh, uh, okay. It's How old so, your it's, son, Henry G? How old? He's five. He's five. five so six. he is in prime superhero, like under starting to understand things, remember things. So like this movie, The Flash, that I mean this movie, this show, The Flash, we're all about it. And, it. and it's good so far. We're like three episodes deep. Okay. It's like good, clean, um, fun. It's got like, you know, the, um, but it's got a little comedy in there. Jesse Martin's one of the main characters. He's really good, man. I haven't seen yeah, him. Jesse L. Martin. Yeah. And actually I watched, I think the first two or three seasons of The Flash. So okay. I, I can, I, I respect that. Yeah. You're, he's going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. It's, um, you know, these, uh, these, these superhero movies and, and the shows, I always like how when you actually get to watch it like a, in a series, like all the little detail that you get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like just like with uh, most of my show this year that we watched. I mean, my son also watched um, Baby Yoda this past year. Um, oh, The Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's a good one. And, and actually, you kind of jumpstart us, but hell, let's just go right into... All right. What? We're watching. And yeah, and so so you led the way. So yeah, talk some more about the Mandalorian. What would you like about the Mandalorian? Man, first of all, of course we we love Baby Yoda. I mean, even my son, he was like, "Yo, oh, this dude is cool, man." He was, I was like, "Yeah, this dude is cool." And just like the powers, like seeing him develop, um, it was great, man. I mean, it was just also like the mystery because. It's a Star Wars story, but, and I'm a Star Wars guy, but I don't, 
know everything about it. So like, it was just great to see this like brand new story um, unfold on the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I believe this takes place in the gap between, I guess, episode. Uh, at, well, yeah, it's between the, the end of the first trilogy and the beginning of the second trilogy, right? That, that's the gap like between episode six and episode seven. Like, so, like, yeah, so the Empire has been kind of uh, uh, broken up and everyone's kind of just, you know, looking out for self, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, the Empire's definitely broken up because um, what's, what's my boy, um, Giancarlo Esposito comes in uh, towards the end of the season and he is... Yeah, Grand Moff something. Of the old, yeah, of the old school Empire. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember, I remember this one too, the 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 spaceship one is kind of a bit of a bottle episode where they brought in someone said uh space boston aka bill burr <laughs> was in there yes yes that all, was crazy, it, right in all his is you know mass hole accent and glory and everything but that, that was a good episode too and, and that was a really cool shot from that one um uh you oh, ming na i love her yeah beauty yeah, and a lot of great, you know, cameos, guest stars, what have you, and of course the baby Yoda. He was he was excellent. I think he do we do we establish it was a he? And it a they? It's a he. It's a he. Yeah. <laughs> baby Yoda. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, the child as they referred to him as well. So yeah, so that was, I, I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to season two. It's supposed to have, I think, Rosario Dawson in it. So, you know, some more guest stars lined up. Should be good stuff. Yeah, there, there goes her boy. More the house alumnus. Oh, he, uh, he is. Go uh, ahead, Garlo. Yeah, baby. That that's how Spike found him and uh, Samuel L as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Mandalorian. All right. So, so you're kind of going going a little little back to the future. Uh, yeah. For your watching, myself, I have finished up the Gauntlet of the Outlander of the Outlander. Of really? Outlander Gauntlet. Yeah. Have you have you watched Outlander? You familiar? It's it's on my uh it's on my queue. So good. Now, of course, I'm a sucker for historical fiction, so uh-huh. it's right up my alley. But God dang, this is no. just—it's just fantasy, right? I mean, because it's—I mean, it's science, like science fiction fantasy. Because doesn't 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 the character go back in time or jump time or? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so it's based the basic premise. This uh, K- Katrina Balfe, who actually got her start as a model, and quite—I mean, well deserved, I might add, but great, great actor as well. Uh, she she plays a World War Two, uh, a World War Two uh, veteran nurse. Like World War Two just ended, she uh, just got she's on her honeymoon in the Scottish Highlands. She's she's English. She's British. Uh, no English. Let me make that very clear. She's English on holiday with her uh, on honeymoon with her with her also English uh, husband. They're in the Scottish Highlands. They come across like mini Stonehenge like stones that turn out to be magical and transport her back through time. And mm-hmm. into seven, and so she goes from basically 1946 back to 1743, and it's just, I mean, it's wild. You know, just imagine if you like today, like wearing what you're wearing, would just plop back into 1743 America, or whatever. It would be a shock to your system. So she's immediately yeah. deposited in Scottish Highlands during clan culture, the sea. You know, and so she, had, you know, how they're gearing up for their war against the English. You know, uh-huh. who were kind of occupying, invading force, or whatever. And it was, and it's really cool how they stretched that out from there over the next you know 30 years there's like a 20 year gap they kind of cover where she goes back 
back to 19, I guess that time, 1971, and she kind of gets homesick, or get, kind of gets homesick, whatever, gets, and goes back to, or I don't know, she, she gets retransported back to 1945, I guess, you know, spends 20 years back in her present, then goes back, back in time. It's just wild. It's based on, on a series of really celebrated books, whatever, by Diana uh, Gabaldon or whatever, who sometimes comes in and writes the odd episode but it's it's finished it, i just finished the fifth season it's only five seasons deep it's been easily renewed for a sixth season i guess there's like seven or eight books or whatever and it's just wild now right now now it's they're on the precipice of the american revolution they're in the colonies and everyone's getting ready to rebel and stuff it's a lot of tensions are heightened it's it's really cool i like it i like these historical fiction i won't lie so okay my alley Definitely, yeah, I definitely. Uh, it's it's on the queue, so I'm glad you gave it some good reviews. Yeah, and, and, and who knows when season six will come around? Season five was dropped like four months ago, I think, or or the last episode of season uh, five aired uh, four months ago. It's on Stars, so if you got Stars, you know it's it's already there, right next to your Power. You know, right? That's right. I'm yeah. finishing up actually my power uh, season six. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's going a little off the rails, but I do love the setup for like the power extended universe. <laughs> Tariq, Rick, we hate you. Coming back in 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 September. Watch out now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's uh, I got I got into power this year, and I know I'm I'm no I'm super late on it, but it's um. It's been a good show, man. But like you said, it, it got more um, as it's just like a market difference because I've watched it all this year. So like the first two seasons were like more, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I guess realistic. And then it just got more and more like crazy and wild. Um, that it is. I mean, so, it, so do you have a favorite? Like, yeah. So who are your favorites and who, and who do you like the best and who do you hate the most on power? Um, I love Ghost. I love Tommy. Like, Tommy is my Tommy. dude. Yeah. Tommy, because Tommy's funny. Like, Tommy provides a comic relief in there. <laughs> Tommy's funny. Um, he's a gangster. Um, I really hated Kanan, like, back in the day. Like, I'm just like, yo, Kanan is just messing all of y'all up. AK-50. Um, <laughs> yep, AK-50. Um, and I liked, I used to like uh, uh, Leo Loren's character um angie angie yeah they kind of got i mean their relationship <laughs> he's funny <laughs> right. yeah, he, he's is funny. he is just funny i'm just like every time i see him do this i'm like oh no um but yeah yeah they were cool at first and then it was just like you guys are ridiculous angie and ghost but yeah. no um, I, I enjoy that show but in the way they set up the extended power universes i mean you know kind of like not not even so much if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But more like, you know what? You guys love these characters so much. And if I'm Courtney Agbo Kemp, I love collecting checks so much. Well, as well spin them off into four additional directions. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. They got my eyeballs. She, she's earned it as far as I'm concerned. She's earned it. Yeah, I listened to a podcast with her talking about um, the show after I think season two. It was a really good podcast, man. Yeah. A lot of insight into the, into the show and the characters. Like a lot deeper than I thought, like, I don't know. I mean, from your experience, you can probably tell, but like, like from what, the way she was talking on the sh on uh, the show or or on the podcast, it was like these characters, all the characters on the show have like their own backstory that we don't even see like on screen. So it's like they fully develop these people. So it's just like, say for example, you got 
um, routinely up here. Like if he was a chess player, like he may not play it on screen, but it's like they, the way he acts on screen is because there's all these full development of characters behind screen. I was just like, yo, this is really deep. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, she, she's putting the work and thought about these characters and we're going to see them fully explored with, with uh, I guess the, the chapter two, uh, I, forget what the, I forget what the second chapter is called, but the second chapter focuses on, on Tariq. So that's going to be, uh, I, I mean, Michael Rainey Jr. I mean, look, I saw this other movie. He was in some basketball movie for Netflix. It was terrible. He wasn't that good in it. Uh, but at, when it comes to Tariq, he's so good because he really makes you hate his ass. Like, yeah. I mean, he might have surpassed Joffrey as far as killable kids. Like, I wanted him to. Uh, no, Joffrey. Whoa. Now, now you're bringing up a legend, man. Like, Joffrey. How, far, how, how deep are you in season six, man? That's all I got to ask. I mean, he pulls some. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm about halfway through, so. He hasn't, I mean, he's done his regular Tariq. Check, check back, check back the end of the season, bro. Check back, yeah. check back. <laughs> All right, so you're watching Power. Uh, the, other, the other thing I'm watching, and this is actually from our draft screen game the previous week. They actually oh, yeah. uh, pump faked us and released it about a month and a half later, is Esther Pavitsky's Hot For My Name. And Esther Pavitsky, if you're not familiar, wow, did you not get a credit on this? Oh, this is wild. I honestly thought this would have been... No, there should be a credit for this. Uh, hot for my name. There we go. Esther Pavitsky, if you don't know, she's the kind of cupy face, the cupy doll face uh, woman from Alone Together. She she played kind of... She and her, and her counterpart, Benji, played basically worse versions of themselves. Sign, I called it Seinfeld for Millennials. Every episode was truly about nothing. It was glorious. I mean, little, little, you know, microaggressions of the young and everything. It was great watching her work uh, and just be really selfish and needy. Basically, this is a stand-up special interspersed with real-life interaction with her parents when she goes back to the Midwest where she's from and to hang out with her parents. And basically, you know, like all comedians, she says that she must be tortured in some way. There, she must have had a bad childhood. Her parents are like, "What are you talking about?" You're fine. It was normal. It was just kind of fun watching interact with the parents and then splicing that with uh, parts of her stand-up from these various cities. And wow, they gave us like no pictures, huh? Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> uh, I, apparently, I was the only one that watched this. Anyways, Esther is hilarious. She's got a very uh, interesting brand of humor. She's totally uh, adorable and plays off it. She's like five feet. She's tiny, you know, you know, tiny and thin, but she's always kind of playing up like just the, the dichotomy of, how, of being a super young looking person. She's like, she's like 32, we'd never guess, she's 32. A super young looking person in a very adult world. And it's, it's really fun. I highly recommend everyone check it out if you can. And definitely check, out, series. I check, definitely check out Alone Together. She's, she's fired. There's only two, episodes, two seasons, two brief, I think like 13 episode seasons, but it was glorious. I loved it. Uh, they're just so quirky and, and weird. Um, yeah, there was a picture of Chris Dale. Delia, Delia, who I know is now canceled, whatever. Uh, he plays Benji's brother. Yeah, there's the two of them. He's, he's the stars. They're both short and small. <laughs> and I think also Jewish too, maybe? I think they favored, I think there's a lot of Judaism talk on there as well. It's just, it's a fun show. I, I really enjoyed it. It's like Seinfeld for Millennials. Check it out if you can. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your boy, Joseph C. Phillips. He was on a Cosby show, wasn't he? I was going to say, yeah, he was I was like, what is boyfriend, husband? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Keep getting them checks, man. 
There you go. All right. Well, in that segment, I'm going to roll right into our top five of the week. And this week, we're going with top five movies that take place in one day. Now, the way the game is played, for those of you who are new or who have forgotten, and, and I'm just going to keep playing tag as long as I'm on Zoom, and hopefully this is the last week I'm on Zoom. WebEx, I'm coming for you. This is bullshit. I'm going to keep tagging myself back in as my video keeps failing. Anyways, as for those of you who are unfamiliar, the way we play this game is someone names a movie whose plot takes place over a single day or 24-hour period. You alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, the movie is out of play. And as always, I'm a gracious host. So as the guest, Henry G, draw first blood, and I already know where you're going. (laughs) See, I think you know where I'm going, but I'm going to throw you a curveball. And I'm going to go... How about the 25th hour? Oh, okay. That's actually on my list, but not what I thought you'd pick for first. So you had it too. Okay. All right, so you're gonna go for it. I'm, I'm glad one of my picks survived. Well played. Oh man, I, I for um, so I love 25th Hour the first time I saw it's a Spike Lee joint. Yes, it is a Spike Lee joint. Um, I love this movie when it first came out. Um, I've probably seen it two or three times, maybe. Um, it's funny, Barry Pepper's up there because remember, Barry Pepper was on that trajectory of like superstar, and then it seemed like he kind of just Kind of got really, muddled in the way. They really tried to make him happen. I don't know why it didn't happen for him. Yeah. Because I think he was in, did you ever watch that show? Um, it was a Netflix thing with him and Greg Kinnear, um, the Kennedys or something like that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a Kennedy show. Uh, I think it was, yeah. you know, it was called The Kennedys. Yeah. It was, yeah. it aired on History. Yeah. But I, I like this for the 25th hour. I liked it. Um, I remember it being like, um, just you know, kind of intense. Um, the the relationship with uh, Eddie Norton and you know his Russian, I think it was Russian drug connects. Um, I remember him getting ready to go to prison at the end, and him asking Barry Pepper and them to beat him up because he was too pretty to go in. <laughs> I didn't know you were that pretty, um, but it's like okay. And then of course our boy um, Clay Davis was in there. And I remember he was an agent. <laughs> about yeah, that. Yeah, because he was like, you're, you're, you're royally. I was like, oh, Clay Davis is up in here, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it was just like a good movie, like just something kind of different for back in the day. Um, and I liked it. Oh, yeah, I had Rosario. That, that I do remember. I, I've only watched it once. I need to rewatch it. People keep talking about it. They even did an episode of the rewatchables on that podcast. With, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, that just came out, uh, I think, last night. So it, it's definitely on my short list to rewatch. Just, I mean, and partially because of the draft dream game, you know, I mean, uh, you know, victim of our own success to an extent. I mean, there's so much good stuff to watch these days. I'm still getting caught up. Like, I'm, I'm, I started season three of, of Absentia and going along with my wire, you know, the wire rewatch with uh, Jamel and Van and, and their podcast doing uh, recaps of it. So, okay. So this is this is on there though, and, and you know, and, and each and oh, right, and also right now I'm also watching. Um, uh, fear, or I just started last night the new uh, Fear City, uh, New York. Oh, I, I just yeah, I might watch an episode of that tonight. Yeah, and it's it's cool. Now I never I never saw the 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 show. Don't fuck with cats. One, I'm not yeah. that big a cat lover, but I heard it. I heard it. It's a real like you know mind better mind trip. And same yeah. reactions from that doing that doing this show. 
And so I don't know if their style is the same, but it's very interesting. They definitely they have got all the major players on record. Like the agents were chasing them and the mobsters who are alive still who were doing the dirt. And, it's, and they're all like kind of coming clean. So it's, it's really interesting. I think, you, I think you enjoy it. All right, so that's cool. Uh, that's a good start. And uh, was at the lower end of my list, but I'm going to take this one off because I know you're definitely done for it. It's training day. It's in the title. <laughs> it's in the title. Denzel, yeah. my favorite actor of all time, period. It's more than just a podcast, it's a lifestyle. He truly is my favorite actor of all time. I used to when He's I was great. In, yeah, when I was in drama school, I'd have um and, and I was in and I we were acting like I think in like the second quarter or whatever, third quarter, and I would always watch a little bit of Denzel before each performance. So I'll just get, you know. Yeah, man. Just channel him. And, and this is this is his Oscar winning role. Now obviously he was shorted from Malcolm X almost a decade earlier and some people say this is a bit of a make good whatever but i don't care i think people were dazzled by the fact that he went and became like a bad guy like, like really committed to being a bad guy whereas denzel's truly the hero but he's just so charismatic kind of blows ethan hawk off the screen even though somehow ethan hawk got nominated and i mean i didn't hate on it but i was like i didn't really remember anything he did that was that great in the movie it was really all a denzel you know uh right. showcase but, I mean, Denzel's great in this. It does take place over one truly chaotic day. I mean, the mobs, money, drugs, <clears throat> you know, a, 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 you know, for those who are unfamiliar, some way, somehow, maybe you're just too young. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's Denzel plays a veteran cop named Alonzo who takes on uh, this rookie white boy. Um, I mean, he's not really a rookie. He's, I mean, he's been a few years in the force, but he's a rookie to his unit. And so he takes yeah. him on as his partner for a day, driving in some uh, some Impala on switches, you know, because he's been a, he's been an undercover cop, whatever. And he's just oh yeah, and, and Eva Mendes, woo, yeah. Oh my goodness, just Topic. just incredibly hot in this movie, so gorgeous. Uh, he plays, she plays his girlfriend, and he it just kind of takes you over the landscape of kind of South LA over the course of the day, so, South LA to downtown. I don't even think you go like north of the of of the the 10 really in this entire movies or so very interesting look at south to, to south central la over the course of one day training day boom good stuff man that's what's your next one i think i'm gonna go with collateral man all right you got one <laughs> that was mine got it yeah this one uh this is one of my favorites man um what, 2004? That's how we know we're getting old, man. I'm, like, thinking these things came out, like, five years ago. It's like, oh, no, 2004, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a good movie. First of all, like, it's funny now because you got the the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, Katie Holmes connection all there. <laughs> <laughs> and did it start from this movie? Like, I mean, it I mean, this is the first time they worked together, right? Probably. I think it might, I mean, not to, I might do some half ass internet research on that, but I'm pretty sure it might have started from this movie because they're, they're married then. Katie Holmes and, uh, yeah, Cruz. Yeah. I think they were going hard. So, yeah, you know, to me, like, this movie was good. It was very intense. I remember it um, being very fast. It's a Michael Mann movie. And yeah. Michael Mann did Heat, right? Yes. Yes. And, and Miami Vice. Don't forget Miami Vice. And Miami Vice, that's right. Low-key oh, underrated oh, movie of the of the century. The what? Low-key underrated movie of the century. Oh, so good. Yeah, so he so he likes Jamie Foxx because he was in that too. Yeah. That was um that was good, man. And you know, Jamie Foxx, he plays a very good role to me of like the kind of like this underdog. Oh, who is that? 
Oh, uh, that's Javier Bardem. Oh, I forgot. Loki Javier Bardem. Yes. Yes. In the middle of his his ascension in the eyes of American viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Ruffalo, too. Wow. What? Okay, I'm going to have to watch this. Maybe tonight. Oh, God. Catch some of the back. This is a good find. Yeah, he, um, but this movie was good. And like Jamie Foxx, this might have been his first role like this, but he really plays a good, like, uh, like a good underdog, like a um, every man. Like, because I remember him always saying, in, uh, you know, as a cab driver, like when he was talking to um, Jada, he was like, Yeah, you know, I'm just riding the cab. I'm just trying to get my stuff together to start my business, blah, 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 blah. And I thought about his same performance in um, The Soloist, where he's like, you know, kind of downtrodden. Um, and even to an extent in um, Just Mercy, like where he plays that role of being like, uh, you know, just kind of pushed down by society and like, you know, trying to keep his his um, his pride and his and his honor. You know, it's just like, OK, Jamie Foxx does this little thing like he does. He he does that role well. You know, I mean, he's a really good actor. Man. Like he can really he can really take, you know, take it to you know multiple levels so yeah but collateral man that was a good movie yeah i like the action of it and this is one of the the early i mean a lot was made of it of the production process this is michael mann shooting almost entirely at night it it takes place you know over the course of one night for the most part um in 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 the lives of vincent you know tom cruise a hitman and uh, (laughs) the unfortunate cabbie jamie fox who who ferries him around and and I was made of it because you know uh, Michael Mann was using at the time fairly nascent digital uh, camera technology and and just like the kind of contrast and the darks and stuff just hadn't been really seen before at the time. So I remember a lot was made of it. And actually, by today's standards, it looks kind of I wouldn't say washable, kind of muddy compared to you know what we're able to do now. But at the time, it was supposed to be fairly groundbreaking. And you know Michael Mann's always kind of. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's really good on, on on stories, but he's always trying to kind of push himself technically, you know, here and there. So I, I enjoyed this movie. It was a great pick. It was on my list. Damn you to hell! I'm going to go with my second pick. <laughs> and this now, was, one, Tom Cruise, was Tom Cruise. This is the first time he was a bad guy. You know, a lot was made of this too. I think. I mean, I think people considered him a bad guy in Interview with the Vampire, right? The stat. Okay, I yeah. never fully watched that. Yeah, and I only watched it once. And I kind of for. for forget about it but i think but this is definitely but this is in the midst of like probably like a 15 year run where he was nothing but good guys so it's, it's fair to say that this definitely broke up the monotony <laughs> yeah all right so my next pick is, and this is another one that's it's in the name it's ferris bueller's day off it's super obvious and it's a little old granted i mean you know some of our viewers probably yeah, yeah probably weren't even born at this time but it's the quintessential John Hughes movie. To me, it's the best John Hughes movie. Some people say Breakfast Club. Some people like Sixteen Candles, whatever. This is the least problematic of all of those. All right. It's just a fun day in the city. All right. They're having fun. I mean, look, look at our boy, pre-succession. Our boy, yeah. Alan Ruck. Yeah. <laughs> Mia Sarah. Oh, where art thou, Mia Sarah? Just, I mean, just incredibly gorgeous in the middle of her, of her run back then. I mean, and then, of course, Matthew Broderick. Who's you know slipped into into middle age nicely? He still gets work here and there, and and basically it's just a it's just a fun movie. It's a ride. I mean I don't know what more needs to be said. You all generally know the concept. Sky Ferris Bueller skips school. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. 
Bueller. <laughs> he skipped school just to have a, a, a day out on the town with his friends. And because his boy, Cameron Allen Ruck, is depressed. He brings along his super hot girlfriend, Mia Sarah, and they just have a, a day on the town. They see the Chicago sights. They get in, in the midst of a Chicago parade. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, they're twist and shout. Somewhere he got his hands some moose and spiked up his hair. I don't know. Uh, but it's just the fun, it's, it's the funnest time. There we go. Drink. At the movies. It just is. And it takes place all in one day. It, it, it's just, it's great. It, it's it really, it's yeah. really great. That's all I got to say yeah. about Ferris Bueller. What do you, do you, have you seen, you've seen Ferris Bueller, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw Ferris Bueller. Like, I've always been kind of a car guy. So, um, oh, the cops. <laughs> poor so when I, I was just fascinated how um, Succession's character, Ellen <laughs> how he just, like, yeah, how, like how he just you know kicked his car, his father's car down, you know, out of the garage, out of the glass case garage into the. I'm just like, yo, man, the car is so nice. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, man. I mean, pay attention to your kids, or else they might send a car through your through your glass garage. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah, and when you and when you talked about Matthew Broderick, like his second run, it just reminded me because me and the uh, me and the little one, we watched Hamilton recently, which was great. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm on record. I love that movie. That that yeah. slash movie. And so when you said Matthew Broderick later career, I'm just I was thought about like, whoa, I forgot. Like, what was was it the producers? Remember they were so him and that other guy were so hot. Yeah, it was the producers, right? Yeah, that went on for a few years, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious power. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, it's really a love letter to Chicago and to basically, you know, to your teenage years. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off for all for all you millennials in the house, check it out. It's definitely a little bit before your time, but you'll have a lot of fun, and it generally holds up. It really does. That's my second. What's your third one, Henry G? Number three for me, this was a Roan staple growing up, Airplane. Um, oh, okay. For some reason. Job, me, turkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. For some reason, me and the twins, um, this was a movie that we watched all the time. Gina would jump in, you know, watch parts of it. My mom would watch parts of it. But yeah, man, I mean, this movie, man, I, it was just, and I think it was this movie, like there's, I remember the scene where, they were all lining up to smack um, this woman. <laughs> yeah. Smack some sense into her. Because I get airplane one and two mixed up. And that dude who reminds me of, um, what's the guy who had the air, uh, the police academy run? Uh, oh, um, Robert Stack, right? This guy? Oh, the other guy on the previous page. Um, oh, oh, uh, oh, Robert Hayes. Yeah, Robert Hayes. He reminds me of Mahoney. Steve Gutenberg. Is that, his, is that Gutenberg? That's Mahoney. not Gutenberg, but he favors him. At that time, yeah, yeah. yeah, he reminds me of Mahoney. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and Steve Gutenberg was yeah, he's cat. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, man, this movie was just like for some reason it just stuck with us. I mean, probably because at the time, like I think we had it on it's like HBO and they used to just, you know, play stuff in the summertime. Um Abdul Jabbar like, Jabbar in there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that part. It was just a silly movie, man. It was just silly movie and it was just fun. And that was back when you could do like a feature like spoof and make like real bank at the at the box office. I, don't, I mean, it's kind of hard to do that kind of stuff now. I think we're yeah. probably too jaded in society. <laughs> but right. I mean, it was really yeah, Julie Haggerty too. That's I mean, when I I mean, you see Julie Haggerty pop up as like in mother or grandmother roles here and there now. But I will forever remember her as air, in Airplane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think she was in the, the last time I saw her. 
correct me if I'm wrong, was she in a marriage story? She was in marriage story. Okay. She was the mother, she yeah. Was the mom, yeah. Yes, Scar I think ScarJo's mom. Yes. Yeah, ScarJo's mom, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah this, is, this is this is fun and, and of course one of the classic scenes from from airplane is the whole uh old old white woman translating john <laughs> first of all i mean yeah. the 70s were wild i guess because i guess john was a bit of a thing i mean yeah. i mean uh, I, in, in in the 80s a derisively was turned into ebonics whatever but you know we all no bit of the aave as we would call it now african american you know vernacular english whatever yeah. but yeah, the, trans, her, the old white lady translating jive just was pretty. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, man. It was pretty funny. Yes, it was funny. Yeah. All right, guys. Good. So so far, I mean, I do not have airplane on my list, so I'm going to also take one that might be on your list off. Can't believe it lasted this long. My third pick is do the right thing. Whew. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. All right. Got there. <laughs> I mean, it's classic. It's Spike. I mean, what more needs to be said? We've actually covered it uh, a lot on this podcast in the last few weeks. My boy, Marty. Marty from, from Scotland. I uh, was talking about this, I think, a few weeks ago. And it's just a great Spike Lee joint. Takes place on the hottest day in Brooklyn. Back in the late 80s, Spike plays, you know, one of the main characters, you know, is delivery boy, pizza boy for a racist owner's uh, pizza shop. And tempers just boil over. It's hot. People are upset. You know, racial tensions bubble up. It's the late 80s. Stuff's going down. There is, you know, racial unrest in, in New York at the time. It was set in Brooklyn and Bed-Stuy. Bed-Stuy, mm -hmm. or die. I mean, you know, Radio Rahim, Alistair, Bill Nunn. I mean, it's just so, I mean, it's, this is, it, it's of its time, but also similarly, similarly timeless. People are going to yeah. be studying this movie in film school, you know, trip. Yeah. Giancarlo in another new look. Yep. With the hair. Yep. And this is one of the few Spike Lee movies I would say, because we actually talked about him in, uh, in undergrad. Uh, I took my drama class over at Spelman, Spelman College. And I'll never forget, um, we were dis discussing his, like his oeuvre in, in one of my classes. And the professor, she was like, you know, he doesn't really know how to end a movie. always devolves into violence. And it's true. But this is one of the few of his movies that devolves into violence you know, naturally, like there's nowhere else to go with all the way the whole movie was kind of uh, boiling up. Something like Bamboozled, mm, could have probably could have done without the actual like end violence, violence. This, it, I couldn't see anything but like throwing a trash can through that window. It was some, some had to give. After Radio Rahim goes down, some got to give. So, so this is a, I, I do think this is definitely one of Spike's best films, if not his best film. That Malcolm X is up there, and it takes place in one day. One very hot yep. Brooklyn day. Yep. Solid pick. Nice sure. Classic pick. All right. So what's your what's your fourth one? Uh, I'm gonna go with um, uh, the first time I was introduced to this character. This was back when Netflix was mainly with the DVD, um, the DVD releases or DVD sure. movies. So this was the Crank movies, man. Um, I saw oh. Jason Statham in Crank. Um, I think I was working at a, I think I was working at one of my restaurants at the time. And one of my, one of my, I had a, a buddy that worked there and he was really in the movies and he was like, yeah, man, you got to check out Crank. And I'm like, okay, we'll check out Crank. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. And it's crazy fun. And it's good. It's just like, and it is one day. He's hopped up on, yeah. So for one day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, he can't go to sleep and he's, oh shoot. Um, there was, um, 
homeboy from uh, Lincoln Park. But yeah, it was it was just it was just so much fun. It was just over the top. I remember it being super colorful. Mm. It came out like oh six. And a very hyperkinetic lens too. I, I remember. I mean, I yeah. was not in the theater, but I remember like a lot of cutting, a lot of cutting and 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 swooping, you know, cameras and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. man. That was the first time I saw Statham too, and so then I started following him, and I've watched a lot of his movies ever since. Dude is fifty-one. All right, he must be like part wow. Sicilian or something, or yeah, he, he some. I mean, you know, he's not cracking either because he looked straight fit up against the Rock in that last uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, oh, yeah. get get with his workout regimen, straight up. Yeah, right. Statham. Statham. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this when I saw it. I remember, actually, I think I saw both. I definitely enjoyed the first one more than the second one. Um, and it, it is a wild ride. It's an interesting pick. I'm I'm kind of glad we are actually, you know, missing each other's picks because yeah. I get to do my fourth pick, which is Speed. Oh yeah, with Hot Shot. <laughs> yeah, 1994, Keanu Reeves. This and this is largely credited as being the movie that sent him out to be an action hero. Because before this, we knew him as Bill and Ted. We knew him as actually. Yeah. Let's take a quick cultural cul-de-sac and do his. IMDb real quick because I'm pretty sure before Speed it was mostly kind of character work, drama, young blood. Okay, hockey. No, he had, he had um, River's Edge. That's definitely like great. He had, but I think that was wasn't that after or was that, that actually it was '89? Wasn't? It? Hold on, let me see. Where, when was Point Break? Point Break was '91. All right, so these were these came out. Yeah, this, all right, you're right. So Point Break did set him down that path, but it was still kind of, that wasn't a big budget movie. Speed right. was big budget action. Yeah. And this was one, yeah, and it's Dracula, much, yeah, so he did, he did, you know, acty, acty stuff, and then Speed is like, all right, we're gonna give you 10, 15, 20 million, be the face of our movie. And that's definitely what set him off the, he set him down his course. And also, of course, introduced us widely. I mean, she'd been working, you know, not necessarily in obscurity, but just on a lower level, Sandra Bullock, she totally steals the movie. Very charming as as Annie, the the very cute Arizona Wildcat, you know, alumnus who was kind of forced in a situation where she had to drive the bus to keep it going. Was it fifty five miles an hour? Can't drop or can't drop below fifty five miles an hour, otherwise the, the bus will explode with a with a I guess a speed based bomb on on mm-hmm. the bus. And and he plays Jack Traven, uh, FBI was hostage negotiator, hostage SWAT. So I think F, F, uh, LA SWAT trying to defuse literally the situation. And then, of course, they kind of get a little bit of a vibe or whatever. But Speed is great. Uh, I mean, just two great central performances. Made star, made bigger stars than both. I loved it. What do you remember about Speed? Uh, I saw parts of Speed, but I never fully, like, dug into the whole thing, man. Um, oh, wow. I mean, I think it's like, what, 90 minutes? It goes by fast. and It never slows down, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. I just remember it being like very big, like it was like, like speed, you know, it was just like all over the place. And it seemed like, I guess it seemed like back then I would almost say movies were bigger because like when something really hit, like everyone kind of watched it or you heard about it, you know, now it seems like entertainment is so like niche, you know what I mean? Like Outlander's like pretty big, like I haven't seen it yet. I know, you, you know, you've, you're Elor, so you've seen everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember it being like huge and like you couldn't miss it. So that's why I saw parts of it. Um, I never saw the whole thing all the way through. But I just remember it being like a huge movie. 
you, I mean, it was a summer movie. I think it came out like uh, June of that year or something. I, I, I highly recommend you go see it. You're, you'll love it. And it goes by real quick. Hella quick. Yeah, speed. I love it. All right. Um, so that, that's my uh, fourth movie. What's your final movie? Oh. <clears throat> well, my number five, man, since we're talking about um, your girl Sandy, uh, Sandy Bullock, I'm going to jump in with Gravity. Oh, does that take place, take place over a day? That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's out of space, so I guess time is relative. But all right, we'll, we'll give it to you. I'll, I'll give it to you. Screw it, fuck it. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I said the same thing because I was like, what? Gravity's like not. It's like, huh? But yeah, it was. Uh, it was not, when I Google some movies. It was like that was part of it. But the, the reason I part this one up is. I love the movie. It was very stark, very, um, I mean, it's really her in there. How did so, you see it first? How, how did you see it in the theater? I went to the theater. That's, why, that's another reason it made a strong impression. Was it and, IMAX screen or like, it was, I mean, because I, I, I made sure to get the big experience. It was a regular theater screen, okay. but because um, I feel like I was with uh, my baby mama um, when we went to see that one. But it was like it was just like us two in the movies by ourselves. It was like no one really there. Okay. And it was just like I'm a. I think you are too. Yeah, because I think you're on the Expanse. Yeah, you're you're in the. Oh, I love the Expanse. Yeah, I'm all kind but of. Yeah, I, I love space space movies and stuff like that. So it was. Oh just well, like, shit. We have to bring you back with us with the space thing. Actually, let me write this down. We'll do we'll do like you know, hell, top five space movies next time you're on. It's actually a good idea. I don't think we've really done any, any space stuff yet so yeah i mean because plus you know i mean you and i you know we're 80s kids so like the space program was huge man i mean growing up you know what i mean like um you know space shuttles like his toys were great i remember when unfortunately when the challenger exploded for some reason i mean they probably wouldn't do this now but they in my elementary school they put they got all of us you know in in our classrooms and they wheeled in the televisions like they did on the big rolly thing when they showed us what happened and we're just like oh no <laughs> but um yeah man so uh, yeah we, we, uh, we i remember watching it in real time too it was like uh-huh yeah like like, yeah, like teacher everyone was so hyped about the teacher going up there exactly has a teacher gone up since Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, but that, that was—I mean, it was—it was shocking, tr- you know, a little, little dramatic. But I mean, you're right. There was a big, and I think we're, we're seeing partially because it's now privatized. We're starting to see a bit of resurgence about space exploration. But if you don't really have like the full weight of the government behind it, I mean, we, we probably won't reach those that those levels of excitement again until something big happens, like like a moon-based colony, or 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 we set up like camp on Mars or something. And even that is still like a decade away. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're waiting for. We're still waiting for your boy from Succession to get his space program up and running. I mean, his rocket blew up that last time, right? It's, it's gonna be a while, <laughs> at least over eighteen months. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, man, this movie was good because it was like intense. Um, I remember the music kind of being like subtle, um, but it it helped with it and everything. It was just like I, I just felt like I was almost in space, like with with Sandra, you know what I mean? I mean, it was, I just like that movie, man. It was just... Look at that, 96 Metascore, that's unheard of. Yeah, Alfonso Cuaron, I, I want to say he won an Oscar for this, I'm not sure. I, I know she did, she won an Oscar for this. Oh, she um, won for this one? I'm, you know what, let me not talk out of my ass, hold on. Let's, let's, <laughs> let me just, let's verify, we're in the age of facts, no fake blur. 
Uh, one Oscar. One one Oscar. It was ah, got it. Yeah, no, you got it, man. <laughs> Ooh, oh no, she actually. Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. She was not. You know what? Let me get my hands down. Uh, she was nominated for it, but she won for the Blind Side. That's right. <laughs> so she was nominated. I mean, she probably won a Golden Globe for it. Did she win that? No, no, I'm lying again. Never mind. Yeah, so she won her Oscar for The Blind Side, but she definitely was nominated Best Actress for for Gravity. And it, it's a one-woman show. I mean, <clears throat> Clooney's in there for like 20 minutes, and then he then he out. So this is this was, yeah. you know, great stuff. And yeah, and I saw it on the big IMAX screen. I wanted the full experience. I wanted to feel immersed. You really do feel like you're immersed. All that stuff you said, too, about <clears throat> the music is true. I want to say... Let me, I want, let me make sure this is right. I want to say this is, is our boy Zimmer again, but let me not tell that lie. Who did the who did the music? I want to say Stephen Price. Huh. Oh. I don't even know that guy. I do not either. And 40 credits. Okay. So, oh, he hasn't really done any awesome music. Well, he was in Baby Driver. He did Baby Driver. Oh, Composer. Yeah, that's what I need to look at. 27. Okay, there you go. So then, yeah, Baby Driver, American Assassin. You know, yo, I like that music. That was good. Um, Is that the one with the kid? Um, gosh. Teen Wolf, Dylan O'Brien. Yeah. And was um, was Homeboy in there? Um, Mr. Mom? Um, yeah, Michael Keaton, man. Yeah. Yes, Michael <laughs> Keaton. Playing yeah. a badass, too. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, to this, I don't, I still, I get that its release date did it no favors. It got dumped in like September. It was never a great month for releases, but my God, that movie bangs, it slaps. It's got, it's got our girl Sanan there with a great wig, perfectly lined up bangs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Dylan O'Brien, I honestly, I mean, I knew him from the, the Maze Runner movies, but yeah, that's he, what he, I heard about. He showed me something that like he bulked up. He's like legit badass in this. And I just, and that one gif, which I, I'm sure I've used several times where he just kind of clicks the gun and he's go, oh, I'm, Love that movie, man. Love that, that movie. movie was really good. I, I really enjoyed Pleasant it. Pleasant surprise. Yeah, Pleasant Surprise. It's definitely a nice, like, kind of uh, uh, HBO movie. You're like, yeah, I'll check this out. And next thing you know, you spent two hours. You're like, damn, that yeah. shit was good, you know? Yeah. Quick cultural call sack there. All right, so that, that's a great pick. Gravity, great movie. And I will close out going five for five, all the movies I wanted with the cult class, which I'm pretty sure you haven't even seen. It's called Go. And actually, it might hold on. It might take me a second to get the actual. Yeah, okay, yeah. Actually, there we go. That's good. It's called Go, not the game Go. <laughs> it's the movie Go. Doug Lyman, late '90s. Yeah, still burning from his uh, from his swingers fame. Have you seen Go, Henry? I haven't. I remember this, and you know why? Because this was like late '90s. You say '99. This was when like Blockbuster, and we had Holly. I don't know if you had Hollywood Video, but we had that yep. in in Virginia. So like. This is one of the movies that I would look at and be like, should I get this tonight? You know what I mean? Like, I would go to the store because you would just go there and just look to see what you wanted to get. I never saw it, though. Is it good? Definitely a, definitely a, a video store favorite. I, <laughs> I think it's great. I haven't seen it in a while. I actually used to own it on DVD, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, okay. It had one, of, had one of those kind of buzzy young casts, largely uh, white, granted, but, uh, but buzzy young cast that everyone wanted to work with. You know, uh <laughs> Man, remember when Jay Moore tried to happen? Whew, Jerry Maguire and stuff. Uh, you know, Scott Wolf off his Party of Five days. Katie Holmes, of course, Katie Holmes and and uh, and Dawson's Creek. And you know, William Fickner, you know, our boy, Mister That Guy, definitely one of those That Guys who you've seen everywhere. He's uh, he's Willie Sharp in Armageddon. 
You know, he's in a lot of stuff. He steadily works. Yeah, he's work. Michael Bay's guy. He's yeah. Like, Michael yeah. Bay puts him in a lot. But then again, he was in – but you said he's that guy because Michael, man, he was – I always remember him in Heat because Heat was like my movie. And um, he was in Heat too. He was like the the um, the corrupt hey. financier. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah, that makes sense though too. I think. I think. I'm, I he, think he's, he's everywhere, and he's actually made a living being. I mean, I've never, I've never quite understood if this is like a part of either ambition or just like for whatever reason Hollywood has got him cast a second banana. But like, he never stops working. He's consistently excellent at everything he does, and he's almost never a leading man. It's wild. But but this move, this movie is basically like it's it's you know takes place over one night, three somewhat. Uh, divergent stories that kind of end up crossing and sharing DNA by the end. It's really slick way they did it. Really well written. Totally Timothy Oliphant. This is kind of what helped uh, put me on to him. That and Scream movies. Do you remember those? <laughs> Scream. Jay Moore. Yeah, and then and Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly, I think, I want to say Sarah Polly wrote this. <clears throat> and she also was, it's not like Hollywood tried to make her, make her happen, but she never really had as much interest in making things happen. She's always an indie kid. She's from Canada. I think I'm pretty, I want to say she wrote this and I think she wanted to direct it, but the studio wouldn't let her. So they had Doug Lyman come in and direct it. Of course he killed it. Uh, Tay Diggs, you know? Hey. Yeah. And it's just, and, just, and I love the way it was written to get like the three different storylines to kind of converge at the end. And I'm overdue for rewatch. This is actually pretty good. This is, you know, a night of being young in the life of, of Los Angelinos. On, on, a, on, a, on a wild drug fueled night, go. And on that tip, we shall go ourselves. Just take a short break to talk about the draft stream game, how to play it. For those of you who are so inclined to partake, we'll come back right after this message with our quarantine movie of the week. Movie theaters are on hiatus, but we here at Cinema Draft are not. DraftStream is the streaming content version of the Cinema Draft game you know and love. Just like with Cinema Draft, you have a $100,000 salary cap for a 10-actor call sheet. No more, no less. But in this one, you have to have at least one of three types of actors for your 10-actor call sheet. Headliner, co-star, and day player. Scoring is based on a weighted average of Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic scores plus audience and user scores. Headliners get a 40% bonus while co-stars receive a 20% bonus over day player points. There's a weekly minimum $50 prize pool shared by the top two non-Cinema Draft employee call sheets. Or you can go low. Cinema Draft offers a minimum $10 lowball bonus to the lowest scoring call sheet of the week. To qualify, your call sheet must spend at least $75,000 of your budget, use at least one actor from three separate titles in the talent pool, and, of course, roster at least one headliner, co-star, and day player to your 10-actor call sheet. The game runs from Thursday evening to Monday afternoon with daily updates on Saturday and Sunday before final scoring after Monday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. 
Currently, we are alpha testing DraftStream in a rudimentary spreadsheet-based format while we work on adapting it for digital play. Tweaks happen almost weekly due to player feedback. We really need the data, so please help us out and play the game. A link to the most current talent pool is included in the podcast description. Please review the rules tab and submit your call sheet by Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks again for your help and good luck. We're back. Since the over-under has been mothballed until the theaters reopen, we are coming back once again with our quarantine movie of the week. Last week's quarantine movie of the week on Wednesday was Clueless. This week, and allow me to share my screen, is the movie Patriot Games. Are you familiar with Patriot Games, Henry G? Of course. Oh, wow. A resounding record. All right, what do you remember about Patriot Games, Henry G? Um, man, I- I'm trying to see because they-, they all kind of blur together. I- the one I remember most is the one with Brad Pitt and Harrison Ford. I don't know if that's this one or if that's... Similar territory, uh, dealing with like uh, Irish, Irish politics. I don't, I don't, was he in? There, there, it was called the Devil May something, and they're out, and then they end up out on the boat in New York Harbor or something. That that okay. was that was a d- different uh, movie. Not not Tom right. Clancy, I don't think. But this one is uh, this one is pretty cool. It's uh, Harrison Ford is Tom Clancy. As everyone knows, Tom Clancy's been of a of a of a casting football among white men <laughs> in Hollywood for some reason. I, I mean, I thought, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I think, well, I would say obviously, I think Al, actually Alec Baldwin, the originator on screen of, of Jack of uh, Jack Ryan was great, uh, but for some reason he didn't want to do it again or something happened, and so they turned to Harrison Ford, who was great, he did two of them, I think, and Patriot Games, the first one, and basically uh, deals with Jack Ryan as a CIA analyst, kind of working his way up the ladder, who finds himself a target of IRA, IRA attacks in the U.S. And for those of you who may not remember or who are too young to have gone through this troubled period of time, the Irish Republican Army basically, you know, camping out in North Ireland, trying to get for a fully free Ireland, because as those of you who are geographically challenged may not know, North Ireland is one of the four countries that make up Great Britain <clears throat> or the United Kingdom. And there's always like a fight for independence or to be part of like Ireland proper and the whole Catholic Protestant thing, which I, it's way over my head. The awesome was going down, people were dying for it, and there, and there were some terrorist activities. And it almost never came on this side of the pond, but in this movie it did. And it was wild because, I mean, Jack, I mean, in the books, and I, re- I remember reading, I went through a bunch of, of Tom Clancy books when I was a kid, like in, in high school. Like, I loved them. I thought his, his amount of detail was fascinating, except for in uh, Some of All Fears, he literally spent an entire chapter like 20 pages on how a nuclear bomb def- uh, erupts. I, this is boring shit. I, I kind of had to skip that chapter. But anyways, I thought he was, I thought he was a really talented writer. Uh, uh, definitely had a, had a flair for, uh, for for drama and action. And I thought the ways they differed in in the, the movie from the book were really smart. They amp up the action. Sean Bean, a.k.a. Uh, Eddard Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Two dec- a couple decades yeah. early. He was in there as as one of the IRA guys, and it, you know James Earl Jones played in in a in a bit of nice uh, casting. He played his uh, kind of like his consigliere in in the CIA, um, uh, Jim Greer, which now in and now the latest version, which has been resuscitated for the time with John Krasinski, 
playing Jack Ryan. Yes, I watched totally that. different. Yeah, like a young Jack Ryan. Because Jack Ryan would get in this one, like he's married. He's a bit of like a he's a CIA analyst, but he's kind of like you know, he's he's more on the on the wonk side. Like he's more like kind of like middle management, you know, to an extent. Whereas you know, the, this Jack Ryan with John Krasinski, he's a young analyst. He's in the field more. And I always thought it was kind of funny how in the books and the movies they kept trying to invent ways to get. Harrison Ford from behind a desk. You're an analyst. You're not going out in the field. But they get like right, right. out there. So that's thought it was kind of cool. Basically, his, his family's at peril. Like he makes uh, some some call uh, that leads to a military strike or something, and, and the IRA are seeking IRA are seeking revenge on his family. And it's it's harrowing. It's exciting. A lot of action. And I recommend it. Been a while. I'm gonna check that one out because. Uh... I know the other one. Well, I need to check both of them out. Clear yeah, and those Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger, that's the one you're thinking of? Or? That's it. Mm-hmm. Clear and Present Danger. Wait, so you said Brad Pitt was in that? Yeah. He's like the main antagonist to... Um, really? Oh, wow. I, didn't, I don't remember. Yeah, he, he's, he's Irish. Because um, I remember he has a line where he's not pretty well yeah but yeah i remember him being in there um, oh no you know i think you're okay i know which one you're thinking of you're talking about the devil's own the devil's own yeah that was a big deal that one i was like is he because clear present danger takes place in like south america i'm like i don't think he's in that one but no yeah i don't know the devil's own this was good brad pitt sneaky talented accents man like for real Mm -hmm. yeah is uh i mean of course everyone knows he's uh (laughs) his his uh, I was gonna say not, not crikey is um, you know uh, li- not limey the it's on tip my tongue in in snatch the oh that um crazy the, uh, English the, dialect that yeah the um, gypsies uh, but a version of them yeah. call them yeah uh, sorry if I offended anyone I'm not sure what the correct term of <laughs> travelers are right now <clears throat> but yeah in the yeah I am out of the caravan yeah they like that. Yeah, I got. <laughs> yep. and, it, and it's so bad it had to be translated like on the screen even before closed captioning. It was wild. But yeah, and also his Irish accent is really good in this. He's sneaky talented accent. I I like I like him. I like him uh, as an actor. So so make sure you guys check it out. Tweet us your tweet length review at Play Cinema Draft of what you thought of Patriot Games and Harrison Ford in it. <laughs> Okay, time for our draft stream update. Last week, return to form for the bird. Bird was the word. (laughs) (laughs) The Canadian invasion has returned. Will it be a Canadian occupation? Will he come back for seconds this week? I hope not. Came back, took the top two money slots. Actually, I think the week before that, you won. You won the game, didn't you? Yeah. Henry G. So, so what, what's your strategy going into this week? Anything you like in what, honestly, and, it's, and admittedly, it's just a super last, lackluster week as far as content goes. I'm um, not looking forward to watching any of these, honestly, except for Fear City, which I've already started watching. I haven't, um, like, this is the first time I've really delved into the, um, into the sheet right now. So Fear City's definitely on there. That Kissing Booth movie threw me off because that was on... It's like sometimes when I look up trailers that kiss uh, different movies come up. So that Kissing Booth 2 thing came up. Because, see, I was blown away. Well, not blown away, but um, what was the show from last week that did really well? 
like the oh. teen like Brazilian drama. Oh yeah, uh, well, not not law. Uh, what was it? Uh, kissing game. Yeah, kissing game. Yes, kissing yeah. game. Kissing booth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might have to start putting the um, the Brazilians on there as as like my um, as my Indians of the um, West game? Southwest because they their movies seem to do good because they had another one Brazilian early. movie. Yeah, man. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they did very well. I had Law on my last one. Um, I'm super Brazilians I, and I, Indians, man. I mean, like, I mean, this one did okay. And actually, for the price, I think we actually got value. What was the? Let's see, Law. What did it do? Was uh, yeah, yeah. This was fairly really cheap. So it actually made you know probably met its value, eighty five ish points. Yeah, about made value. So yeah, so I, I mean, between the Indians and 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 Brazilians, and honestly, Prime. Anything on Prime so far hasn't totally tanked so i i don't mind using prime as a strategy uh but i will that, that's an interesting point you made i will keep my eye out for for brazilian stuff now that you mentioned it <laughs> yeah i mean they um they tend to do well man um but yeah i went into last week with a little bit of different strategy tried to get there was so much quality last week at least in my opinion um and it was like a lot of good price like my girl bombed the flannery chick uh, yeah, so, well, yeah, 77, just, she did not live up to expectations, especially with the price, yeah. too. I don't think it was I, I just thought with that documentary, you know, I was going with with that being, like, boom, you know. Um, but, but yeah. Little bitch, though, I mean, old Southern writer, I mean, you know, who even reads it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that would be the reason it would be good, because it's so niche that, like, the people that know her would just be like, oh, she's this is a great movie. We're like one of, you know, 20 people that listen to her or read her books or whatever. I mean, of course, she was- Virtual Studios is a platform they tend to do pretty decent because, I mean, it's essentially fancy VOD. And you're basically, and these are people who are basically, you know, supporting their local theater by using VOD. So, so I I see what you're saying. It's usually people who are, like I said, seeking her out super niche and who are also inclined to support the arts like that. So- I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yours was like a, a, a bad call. She just. It seemed like if you didn't have and Jay. Oh, Ruby, the fatal affair. Fatal affair killed me. <laughs> fatal affair was your fatal affair. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're going for a low ball, fatal affair was was definitely an anchor on your sheet. And, and if you didn't have a keeping helping of Lassie, and look at this, the rare seven stack, the rare seven stack of uh, of Psych Two Lassie Come Home, uh, pretty much sealed the deal for your boy jay bird this week and i and kind of like you I, I actually wait as late as possible now uh i mean it's it, it's kind of what the cool kids are doing i noticed like like jay bird will get his in with like a half hour to go it's that you want the latest amount of information you want to check the latest scores because i mean while there's always movement in the game i mean at least you have a general idea of what you think stuff you know might perform if you get the latest scores possible and so i didn't do that last week um which you know appropriately cost me you know a chance at winning. So I'm I'm definitely gonna do it this week. I think I've got the time, and I honestly don't really know where I'm gonna go this week. I mean, nothing really jumps out to me. Kissing Booth probably, but it's gonna get critically savage because the Kissing Booth, the first one, was uh-huh. like 17 and 30 percent is awful, which Ooh. is also what kind of helped in my uh, salary making for for uh, Kissing Booth because I figured it's only gonna do but so much, right? Like I mean, but the people who like it really like it, so it'll be. Right. Just how bad will the critical reviews be it, uh, as opposed to the 60% overweight on the audience scores? Like, I don't know. We'll just have to see. 
Yeah. So this might be cheap value here. I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, the dog house, people like their dogs and their pets. So might be a feel-good thing. Also, I think it already aired over in Australia. So, yeah. So, yeah. So there's a little bit of info on it already. It's a pretty high score considering all the but small sample size theater, 15 people. So. I don't know. It's it's anyone's it's anyone's uh, game this week. It really is. I I have no real strategy as of yet. Yeah, I mean, my boy. I saw my boy Dan Stevens in the movie with Allison Brie um, this week. Ah, um, the rental. Yeah. See, the only thing is, like, with the horror ones, man. Like, it says horror thriller. Like, I, I I'm just I'm so anti horror mm-hmm. um, that I'm well. I'm just such a scaredy pants. So like. Like, even last week with Ghost of War, man, like, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to click on this trailer. And it was so interesting. Like, I finished it. But, like, one of the um, – there was an Indian movie the other two – maybe two or three weeks ago that was a horror movie. And I was just like, yeah, this is going to give me nightmares. I'm like, like it was one of those ones. Um, they had, like, supernatural characters or something. But, yeah, that Dan Stevens, Allison Brie, because um, what's my boy's name? Limtov. Yes, I'm Russian. Yes. Eurovision, <laughs> baby. The hit of the summer. Yeah, so I just did a quick average of of the scores in horror movies, you know, based on total score here, your, your base score, and only 80 points. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a bit of a middling to low average, so. So just let that be your guide, you know. I mean, I, yeah. I love coming to the master to the master score list. I'm not sure if you ever use it, but I mean, in addition to not only helping me figure out some stuff as far as as far as a salary goes, but it just really helps me figure out on strategy. You know, on game day, it's like, all right, well, if I'm if something's kind of close, like a toss up between oh, that if something's like a toss up between a couple titles, whatever. If I've got in, intel that this genre, this platform. You know, historically, we're getting more of a sample size. Each week, our sample size grows. It's very helpful. Then, you know, this is all good information to know. So I, you know, definitely when I'm setting salaries, it's helpful. But especially if I'm coming down to, to some tight decision making or if I can't get everything I want and need to drop, like, you know, one actor from, from my call sheet, sometimes I'll consult the master score list to, to see what the numbers say. What's the data? It's all about that data, baby. Yeah, and for those of you who overlook it or are not sure where to find it, we always keep it here on, oh, actually, let's go to this one, on the scoring tab down here, master score list. Just click on that, and it'll take you to here. And I'm not sure if they'll let you see it, do it in view mode. If not, make a copy for yourself, and feel free to sort to your heart's desire and check, check it out. I love sorting by genre. I like sorting by platform. Uh, that tends to give me some of the best information, and to see how stuff performed. You've got all your, you've got all your stats here. Stats on stats, on stats. So stats. Whoa, that's right. All right. We're gonna bring this in for a landing. Make sure, uh, and before we go, make sure uh, with the Cinedraft game, you click the link in the description to take you to the latest offering which is due in very short period of time but actually by the time you watch this or listen to this you will probably have less than a day of time to submit your call sheet we they're all due by 6 p.m pacific time just 
imaginary drink <laughs> on Thursdays. And we once again, we are playing for a $50 prize pool eligible to our top two non-Cinema Draft employee spots. $35 to first, $15 to second, with also a $10 low ball bonus. How low can you go to qualify for the low ball bonus? You have to have the lowest performing score, a minimum of $75,000 spent on your call sheet or from your budget, and at least one actor from three different titles. So definitely make sure you participate. It's free to play. And y'all out of work. Come get this money, damn it. <laughs> All right, so we are going to bring this in for a landing. Thanks again, Henry G. My pleasure. Wrap it up for yourself. Appreciate you coming back on the pod. You are welcome anytime. Love hearing from you from the RVA. And this is the time of the podcast where we ask you to plug your ish. So if you have any ish to plug, now's the time to plug it. Uh, my plug is just like, let's get healthy America. Well, shoot. Let's get healthy world. Um, let's beat this Rona. Let's try to stay safe. Let's try to wash our hands, wear a mask. Be, Please. You know, just, just let's just try to, you know, let's try to knock this out. Also, like, shout out to MLB. Baseball is coming back tomorrow. Ah. Testing is doing good with them. Um, they've done a really good job. So hopefully one thing I hope with sports coming back, the NBA bubble, there's supposed to be zero tests so far in the bubble. Zero, te- um, zero test positive, yeah. Zero positive tests. So, Hopefully this, you know, sports can kind of show, show the country like how we can, you know, maybe do things a little bit better so we can get the rest of the country back on track. No, amen to that. And I mean, you know, quick cul-de-sac because as you know, you know, from my Twitter and stuff, I'm, I'm obsessed with coronavirus stuff. I want to stay healthy. I have people in my life who are, you know, with high comorbidities for the stuff. I'm definitely not trying to transmit to anyone or whatever. I want all to take this right. very, very seriously. But what I'm and I am a little concerned with with sports being back in general because even even the NBA bubble because while they are are in the bubble you know I know staff aren't you know they're probably still going home every day riding buses or going you know whatever you know they're putting themselves exposed whatever I'm glad to see that of all the sports of all the major sports it seems like uh, it seems like both soccer and NBA has done it the best get them all in one place keep them safe. I am very concerned about, you know, uh, uh, place. Well, I think hockey, I'm not sure if hockey is trying to do their own bubble. Uh, They probably should. Uh, I'm very concerned about MLB because they're basically going to go, you know, to all these different cities and stuff. And there are a lot of vectors for infection and stuff like that. So please be, please, please be safe, professional athletes. And I'm looking at you too, especially NFL. We all, we all know y'all don't give a damn about the players. Might as well damn near be cattle to you. But I'm telling you, if they get sick on your watch, with, without any proper protections and so it's going to be a shit show so just get together america get together world you know protect your players protect your people let's get through this all together and if we just do the right thing like you said wash your hands wear a mask keep your distance well damn it maybe this time next year we will be able to enjoy you know society as as we as we're accustomed to having seen it all right yeah. me and yeah. my son we, we missed the movies man yeah, I miss the movies too. I, I, it's sad Tenet got taken off the schedule indefinitely. We all called it, at least I called it, and I'm not even over here gleefully like, ha ha ha, they took ten off the schedule. I'm just like, told you, just do the right thing, do the right thing, shut things down quick and hard, and who knows, a few months from now, we can have some semblance of regular life, all right? That, I guess that's my ish. I don't usually plug an ish. That's my ish. This whole thing's a plug for me anyways, but I, am, I hope you guys will take care of yourselves, 
Be safe. Be better than my damn video. It keeps cutting in and out. Thanks for coming by again, Henry G. Appreciate your presence. We'll bring you back as soon as we can. Everyone else, do not go see a movie or something. <laughs> with a movie or something. No doubt. Peace. Peace world. Where can you find Cinema Draft? We are on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft, Facebook, Cinema Draft, Instagram, at Play Cinema Draft, Medium, at Cinema Draft, that is our corporate blog. We're even on Pinterest, Cinema Draft. Also, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And finally, please visit us at cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite to the relaunch. We will always have games where you can sign up, play for free, and win real money. Cinema Draft is a registered mark of Cinema Draft LLC. Both the Cinema Draft game and the CD3D decentralized app token are for entertainment purposes only.